Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 85 of Those Muckrakers. I'm Pete. And I'm Pat. And, uh, you know, I've listened to other podcasts, and I tell you, there's two things I hate. Uh, I hate podcasts that have, like, a real weird, audacious opening. Right. For no reason, where some guy's just doing some wackadoo shit. But I also hate the, like, real, um, like, soft, like, so, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I don't like hipsters. What do, what do you think about that, Steve? You know what I really hate about the uh, the soft openings is that they always get louder. So I listen to it and it's just like very very quiet. And I'm like, okay, hold on, let me let me turn up my volume here. And then the next guy comes in, Steve comes in, and he's like, oh, let me tell you what I think about hipsters. And it just like blows my ears out. And I'm like, oh god, and I have to turn it down. Then the mumbly guy keeps going, and I'm like, ah, this isn't gonna work, is it? Yeah, yeah. You're just like, I can't enjoy any of this. Yeah, no. It's like giving me low level anxiety. <laughs> Just stressing me out here. I can't yeah. keep turning the volume up and down. Equalize, man. You know, the one thing they never told me about getting older, no one warned me about this. They huh. never said, you know, everyone's like, oh, when you get old, <laughs> wait till you get your knees, your back, blah, blah, blah. You know, the pains of life. Nobody nobody goes like, you know what will really get you when you get older? You'll just develop, like, weird low-level anxiety about yeah. everything. Yeah, you know, I wonder... I have been wondering lately, is that a product of our age or of our age, meaning the I, age that we currently live in right now? Because everyone so, seems to be stressed as fuck all the time. And you know, anxiety why, is the number one mental disorder in the world right now. Well, in America. Here's why I don't think it's, well, it's and sure, I'm sure that plays into it. But here's why I think it's just a product of getting older. When I was a kid, yeah, always older people would be like, sit down, you're making me nervous. Now I understand it because just people moving around doing stuff, it makes me nervous. Oh, man. I do remember that. You know of I course, mean? I Are also you... hung around my dad a lot more when I was a kid, and he's nervous about everything. Yeah, but I heard it from, like, multiple people. And I know maybe I'm just, you're thinking, maybe I'm a tornado of destruction. But honestly, yes, I lo when, when they would tell me to sit down and make him nervous, it wasn't like I was juggling priceless like you know uh porcelain <laughs> vases in a museum from like the ming dynasty i would right. literally just be standing there and they'd be like sit down you're making me nervous and i'm like what i don't why are you i don't understand how that works i do know that in school they always just seem to love to tell kids to sit down stop moving don't do anything and i'm like but i'm young and i have energy and ah sitting down torture and they you know, just would not let me move you know what's ironic about that is I teach teenagers and a lot of my lessons are like get up and move around and they really hate it. Yeah, well, what a difference just a few years can make. Whenever you're a little bitty kid, all you want to do is just run and jump and bite and scratch and scream until you're blue. And then you become a teenager and you just want to kind of sit there and not be bothered by anyone. No right. one look at me. No one talk to me. No one interact with me. I'm a teenager. I'm angsty. Let me just put on my... Um, my, my teen music. What do the teens listen to these days? I, I don't care. Don't tell me. Oh, well, uh, John Mulaney, the comedian, said it best when he was like, you remember when you were a teenager, you know, and you were like, oh, my God, nobody look at me or I'll kill myself. Yeah. You know, remember that age? And my I, God, I, I do. I, yeah, I do, too. I used to wear, and I understand, like, it's it's been really hot weather and a lot of the uh, I, the teenagers wear, like, hoodies and jackets. And it's like, why are you wearing that? And I go, oh, I remember, because you can hide inside your jacket and no one can really see you or your body. Yeah, I still remember the, uh, what do you call it, The I'd wear the camo jacket, because just like a lot of my friends did too, which also got a singled out, so it was kind of counterproductive, but you know how the teenage mind works, right? It's like, oh, this yep. is a jacket, plus I want to 
uh, blend well, in with my friends. Yeah, to you, you bl- it's a herd thing. You're blending in with the herd that you run with. It makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. But yeah. also, I remember I had the um, the Justin Bieber haircut before it was cool, so it was just a dorky haircut, but I wore it because it covered up more of my face. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you go back and look at pictures of yourself, if you're anything like me, you go, oh, what a beautiful idiot. No, no, I just, like, cringe really hard, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Nope. Nah, let's just put this away. Like I, I, like, I can see myself when, see pictures of myself when I was, like, 10 or earlier, because at that point, you know, I'm very young, I'm innocent, I just look like a kid when I look at myself. Then I see myself in my teenage years, and I'm like, no, no, it's best that I forget about that. I will just... I, I I will just pretend like I remember what that was like from a distance, from a great distance. If I could give myself any advice in my teenage years, it would have been, A, get a haircut. Your long hair looks terrible. <laughs> get a haircut, you hippie. But B, um, as far as clothes go, just just come up with an outfit set. You know that, And like a more mature look, like maybe jeans and a black t-shirt and flannel. That's perfect. You would have looked great instead of these weird ironic t-shirts that I just walked around wearing, billowing in. I do I do remember your Joe Dirt haircut. You had that for a long time. Yeah, it wasn't an actual mullet, but it was just real long and stringy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh that was brilliant. Uh my advice, you know, I saw this trending the other day, my advice to my 19-year-old self and you know, by the time I was 19, I was drinking all the time, so I pretty much had my life figured out then. So I don't have advice for my 19-year-old self, but for like my god, let's say 15 to 17-year-old self. That's uh, that's the age I'd really want to like sit down with and be like, no, okay, nah, this isn't gonna work. You're um, you've got to do something about this. And he'd be like, who are you? I, I would just basically make him. I would set him up with a really good workout routine, and uh, I would just fix his clothes a little bit. That's it. That's all I really needed. If I'd known it was that easy to just kind of pull it together as a teenager and just like be more popular and more confident, a little bit of exercise and just. Learned a little bit about like fashion, just basically dress like I do now. Just a little bit of flannel, some jeans, and a a, a, a blank t-shirt. That's all you need to look normal. I would smack the soda out of his hand and that tell too. him not to yeah. start smoking. I would torture myself until I, I equated cigarettes with torture. Yeah, I uh, I smoked for 16 years. It was fucking miserable to get off that shit. I, yeah. God, if I could go back and do it again, that's always been a consistent thing I've said about myself. If I could do it all again, I would have never started smoking. Yeah. Now, if anyone out there listening is a smoker, it's fine. It really is fine. If you are happy with uh, what you're doing and who you are, that's good for you. But for me personally, it was not good. It sucked. I just wanted to get off it, and I yeah. couldn't. Like that's the problem with starting smoking is that you can you can always choose to start. You can never really just choose to stop. Like that's a that's dedication. That's where starting smoking is like having a kid. You're like in it for life, basically. Yep. For the most part, sometimes you're lucky and it doesn't take 18 years, but even people who have been quit for 30 years are always like, you know, even after 30 years, sometimes I think how nice it would be to have one cigarette. Like that's awful. You're you're you've been done with this for 30 years and you're still thinking about cigarettes like an old lover, you know? Yeah, yeah, cuz it it literally rewires your brain to just want to do this that's what an addiction is your brain starts to think about whatever the addiction is like it's air or water it's something you have to have or remember, you'll die remember kids get addicted to exercise not cigarettes yeah i god i wish that exercise was a chemical addiction because that would make it easier it kind, but you it can kind be, of 
it kind yeah, it goes of in, goes of endorphins that can go yeah. off, but that's only if you're really good at exercise. You've no, got to like you you've got to work you got to work through the pain I've, to hit that runner's high. Yeah, but I've been making it. I'm on day 32 right now. I'm actually in rest week, so I have I've been doing I've been taking rest week off and on because there's a rest week routine I'm supposed to be doing, but also I'm really tired and I'm using the rest and recovery week to rest and recover. Right. But um yeah, you, uh, you are doing well with insanity right now. That's the workout Peter was just talking about that he's been on. But this is like your 18th time trying, and this is your first time really having any real success with it, right? Yeah, because so, I took a because so I, you have I, to you have I to work it. at being addicted to it. You can't just get addicted to well, it. Well, I like did cigarettes. it. I did it in tandem with a friend who uh, is doing way better on it than I am. And uh, the thing is, if she doesn't complete the workout routine. Um, uh, her, her, she will die basically without giving away her details on a podcast. So that was a good motivator for me. I'm like, oh, now I got to do this or my friend will die. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can't stop or I'm also upset because she's blood down, will be on your hands. she's down like 20 pounds. I'm down like four. I'm, uh, I'm actually down 11 pounds since about a month ago. No, a month, two months well, ago. How far, how far, Whenever, are you down, how far what, are you down from when you started at your heaviest? Uh, from my heaviest ever, uh, still like just over fifty pounds. Damn, you lost like a whole middle schooler. Yeah, that was um, in twenty seventeen. Is whenever I lost uh, forty pounds, just like really well. But since then, like my diet's been getting worse and worse. And so, if anyone's been listening for this long, uh, at the start of the summer, Pete and I had like this whole nutritarian thing we were gonna go on. And we've both been approaching it in different ways because we tried it the di- we tried the direct approach and that shit doesn't work because that's hard. So we've tried like an indirect approach and that's worked better. And we've stayed at it consistently, losing like half a pound a week. And so now I've lost eleven pounds and it's steadily going right. Like being a nutritarian and this exercise and all this is not just like a temporary diet. It's not a fad. It's not something you do to lose weight and then stop because as soon as you stop, you gain the weight you lose. That's why diets always fail and why you always have to go back to them. So what we're doing is a for life change. We're setting ourselves up to be this way forever. I already hate this podcast because this is what it sounds like when I turn into uh, I turn on AM radio on Sundays, mm-hmm. and it's all um, holistic diet stuff. Yeah, and then they're just talking about losing weight and people's like heart problems, but not in like a fun, interesting way. It, it's all a lead up to like buy these fiber pills. Yeah, the uh, we I don't think we've named any. Oh, we named insanity. I named insanity. So okay, so we named one thing. Uh, I would not advise anyone do insanity. If you want to uh, lose weight, that workout will break you. So don't don't try that. Well, it's, it's uh, I don't have your, any advice besides that. It's up to your individual choice. Everyone kept telling me like you fail because you try too much. You got to start slow. Slow don't work for me, man. Yeah. Um, I, I need to wake up every morning feeling like I got hit by a car and feel like I'm doing something. I don't know what yeah. it is with my brain. I'm like a fat, lame adrenaline junkie that's never you're, done any adrenaline stuff. Yeah, you're not alone. I mean, that's how um, Penn Gillette lost a lot of weight. Like, he wasn't able to do, like, weak diets. He had to go... It had to be all or nothing for him. Yes. It had to sound fucking crazy, or he yep. just wasn't interested at yep. all. Yep, yep. It's, it's uh, gotta, To, it's to those, quote... To quote Mike from Breaking Bad, no half measures. Well, it's the, it's the uh, what do you call it? For me, it's all those action movies I was weaned on as a baby, you know? Like, I wasn't Chuck so Norris. much I wasn't so much breastfed as uh, I just suckled at Chuck Norris's beard, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, but my beneath, exerc- beneath his uh, beard is another teat to suckle on. <laughs> my exercise routine needs to be like one of those movie trailers where they're like, 
Peter, you crazy son of a bitch. You at it again. And I'm like, you sound just like my second wife. Like, that's what I need in my exercise. In a world where doing 100 push-ups a day is not quite enough. (laughs) Peter, uh, I was about to say your real last name. Peter, I don't remember who you call yourself now. Van Pelt is about to do 150 push-ups in five (laughs) minutes. Go, 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 go. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, because this is only phase one, but then we're going to do a phase two and a phase three, so we'll see Phase 36 robot chickens. Well, I'm just trying to see what, like, how many different uh, exercise routines uh, I can make it through before. I think it's about six months till your body really changes shape, and i got to fix the diet. But anyway, it's uh, three about, months. Enough about us. Let's, uh, let's talk about what's going on in the world, because I'm sure no one gives a shit about our health and well-being. Speaking of shitty health and doing poorly, the world. Yep. So, uh, I believe it was last night or the night before was the, uh, was it the first or second? I don't know what Democratic debate we're on. Uh, it, it, was the, it was the night before last, and it's the third major Democratic debate, not counting how they keep breaking them up into two nights. This is the first time it was just one night, and it was the top 10 contenders so we're no longer having like a stage of 500 people all sort of sharing one mic 10 is still too much but i don't like it because i don't want to see the opposition party to trump tear each other apart uh while he just because all the news all the all the articles that came out and everyone was like i tell you who and i hate this they think they're so clever they come on they go i tell you who won the debate last night you know who really won the debate it was president trump (laughs) yeah you know that's because he doesn't have to run in a primary, you fucking dickless wonder. So yeah. uh, the president, will, yeah, of course it looks good because the president doesn't have to lift a finger. Yeah, all, all he does is just sit back, commit high treason, and uh, get away with more and more felonies. Has anybody called, him, are... anybody called him the treason in chief yet? I don't know, but they have started to attack him during the uh, the debates. Um, what's her face? Oprah's friend uh, opened by saying, "Oh, Trump, I know you're listening," and she said some words about him. I don't know. I wasn't uh, full disclosure. I didn't actually listen to the debates. I just looked yeah. at uh, commentary on them, well, and I remember someone saying that she opened by uh, calling him out. Well, uh, you know, I think who was it? Um, was it Cory Booker? Or they all kind of ripped into Biden. Um, I did like everyone did. Yeah, there was a great article on Biden that says the only one that doesn't seem to realize he'll never be president is Joe Biden. That's incorrect. I'm almost certain Joe Biden's going to be our um, president in 2021 in January. I'm making I'm making I'm making making this political uh, uh, and we can go back to it after the election. I'm making this political prediction right now. If Biden wins the nomination, we will have another term of Trump. He is going to win the nomination, and he's going to win the presidency. That's you my think? prediction. Yes, All because right. you he heard is... it here. Go ahead. I said you heard it here, guys. We're going to lay down some money. Uh, how much do you want to bet on this one? Fifty bucks. All right, so we're making a fifty-dollar bet right here on episode eighty-five. We need to chart out and find out what episode, by what episode, we'll have a new president, so we can come, we can plan. Uh, this $50 uh, uh, bet to bring it back up again so we don't just forget. Uh, you know, I could actually count that out. For we'll you. do. Oh, my God. We'll do that. We'll do that off the air. But 50 bucks. Pat says Biden's going to be our next president. Uh, I say Biden will, if, if Biden wins the nomination, he will lose hard um, in uh, 2020. 
Right. I mean, we do need to figure out what episode that'll be because by January 2020, by then, we're going to forget all about this bet. That's going to be the name of that episode, by the way. The January 2020. <laughs> I, wait, is the election? Well, like, the, the, ele- about... uh, the election would be in November. I'm talking about when he gets sworn in. I don't care about when he's sworn in. I want to I want to do it in, in November. Like, I want that November uh, podcast okay. will be called would be, be called by Dan and then like, you know, the bet. And then okay. we'll talk about it. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for November. One of us is going to be $50 richer, and the other is going to be $50 poorer. Yar. But, so you know yeah. why I think he's going to win is why? because he's a bumbling idiot that can't do anything right. Does that sound familiar? Well, it has the thing been... about The thing about Trump is that to the people that like him, uh, it's the same reason why people like Boris Johnson is because he's a bumbling idiot, and that's more relatable to it's, the common yeah. man. It's and like also, we... Biden's politics don't scare white people as much, and by yeah. um, politics, I mean his skin color and his gender. Well, it's it's like we said that um, there's a thing that the, uh, the media and the opposition and the people that hate Trump, and we were talking about this earlier, and this is what I can't stand— is by continually calling him stupid and calling him out on gaffes, like when he called Mike Pence Mike Pounce, and then everyone everyone <laughs> the memed memes. about it. The cat yeah. memes, those were glorious. But so, I, I didn't follow those too well, but that was that was, every, that was fun. Every time you hammer this guy on stupid gaffes he makes, you make him more relatable to people who are like, yeah, man, if I had to speak in public, I'd make gaffes too. I like this guy. He's just like me and you. Instead yeah. of calling him what he is, which is like a rich Hollywood, uh, Hollywood elite con man, they've, yeah. they've done the work for him. They've made him an everyman, you know? That's why I keep hearing, like, the president's fighting for you on a personal level. He's going to get you that extra vacation day you want at work, like... That's why I think Biden's going to win. That's Mm. because Trump is already so deeply unpopular that the poll, if this was any other person in any other election, Trump would have already right now a 0% chance of winning over anyone. Like all the polls are showing that more than 50% of people who vote have already said they will never vote for this guy. Does that mean they won't? If this was any other election, they would not, and he would lose. It is beyond the margin for error at this point. But, okay. but because of Russian interference, because of the current climate where anything goes and black is white, up is down, and short is long, and just everything we know is wrong traditionally, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. But that being said, statistically, Trump can't win, and Biden is making himself out to be an everyman. So short of Biden just passing away from old age before November, I feel like he's going to get it. And Biden did bring up some points. I don't like his health care thing, but... Um, I don't like any of Biden's politics. He is the one that I like the least out of everyone on stage. I would take Oprah's friend over Biden, mm, but I feel like he's going to win. She's she's been an anti-vaxxer before, so I, that's kind of a hard line for me. Right, but she's fucking crazy, which makes her more relatable to me. I'm right. fucking and crazy, so I'm like, oh, Oprah's friend, awesome, with the crystals and the Weekend Hill people, that'll be cool. She's what I have nightmares about, which is like <laughs> a, which is a left a left wing um, a left wing Trump. You know what I mean? She's like, not like a left wing Ben Carson because her head's in the clouds. I um I watched a. Uh, uh, there was a great episode of Star Trek uh, I watched recently where, like, they got stuck in some weird void. Anyway, there was another alien species that was trying to send them a message. But right. in their nightmares, all they got was this weird swirling thing, and it would just say, like, uh, a moon circles, two eyes in the dark. And I have 
I have nightmares about like a, a left wing Trump where they're just like, uh, 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 uh how, how was it? I was going to phrase this. That just oh, sounds like uh, holistic medicine, no vaccines in the dark. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, what does it mean? It just sounds like old God babble. Like, did you see it again? The goat with the seven eyes that watches you while you sleep that's, through the window. That's another good question. How come old gods can't be more direct? Why does everything got to be in metaphors with those dudes? Well, it's because like part of the terror of them is that they are so far beyond humans that uh, they don't care about people and they don't interact with people. We just sort of live in their world. And it's like, you know, will the kid decide to kick over the ant hill or not? Well, no matter what the ants say, they can't affect yeah, change this way. But I, but, it, but, but like, I can, just, I can, I can communicate with like toddlers. You know what I mean? I don't talk to toddlers in myths and riddles. I'm not like the beast with three ears awaits you in the bathroom. But this is supposed to be more like people talking to ants. Like, they're supposed to be so far beyond us that they don't even consider us whenever they're, um, you guess, know, interacting with the world around them. So I'd really like to see an old god as president, because that would be really fun if someone was just running on the old god I, ticket. I've seen that. Like, in 2016, they're like, why vote for the lesser of two evils? Cthulhu 2016. And I was like, just be, yeah, sure. That'd be fun. It would be great to see it in a debate. People are yelling about healthcare, and there's just an old god just being like... When elected, I will make the ultimate decision. I, well, that's even too, that's not even old gaudy enough. You just have to be real esoteric with it. Yeah, like, uh, Vin Gleeman Glunatlu Rier Nawafatagan in his house in Rayleigh, <laughs> dead Cthulhu waits sleeping. <laughs> just say that like a, just like a deep voice, and they're like, okay, well, uh, back to you, uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, what did you have on So I guess we have a third prediction. Maybe an old god will win in 2020. But yeah, Wesley, so, 2020. So the debate, um, everybody's ripping each other into healthcare and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was Cory Booker that told Biden was like, "Did you forget what you just said two minutes ago?" <laughs> he's, hammering, he's trying to hammer the narrative that Biden's a forgetful old man. But it was like people uh, love a forgetful old man. That's how Jurassic Park happened. Yeah, yeah, because of the, the Biden's just walking around with like his little amber crystal with a mosquito in it, and he's all like, "Oh, the egg is hatching." I cannot wait till they have another debate, and Biden just Push. goes, Push. "Biden just goes." Well, like Biden, what's your plan for the economy? He just goes, "Dino DNA." <laughs> Fuck, that, get... that was a little. Um, what do you call it? The DNA mascot. It's Dino DNA, partner. <laughs> We're just we're gonna we're gonna get Jurassic Park in 2020. So the thing that the thing that I like, but the thing that fucking Cohen gets out of jail and he just like runs into the the porta potty, but the T Rex finds him anyway. Oh my God, that is the Michael Cohen. He just gets eaten by a T Rex and a porta john. <laughs> so He's back the, in the news, by the way. He's like apparently testifying over like major uh, scandals and fraud that Trump committed um, financially back in the day. So, I mean, that's even more felonies that we have Trump yeah, for. Yeah, I just, I got scandal fatigue where it's just like nobody that should, you know, I, and they keep floating the argument of impeachment, which like I'm 90% sure is not going to happen. Mm. Nobody's doing anything. But then he says Mike Pounce and the internet's like, <laughs> and I go, you're just giving him more power by making him cutesy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Beto, Beto O'Rourke said something that I 100% agree with, but I hate because I know it's going to be reduced down to its most basic element and then used in sound clips for the whole election. Uh, he said, hell yes, we're going to take your AK-47s and we're going to take your AR-15s. Yeah, so... In a, government, my... in a government buyback program, and I 100% agree with that. 
it's uh, it's been my stance all along that you can't tell people what you're going to do directly while you're campaigning because as soon as you say what your positions are, then they your can opponents can it. use that against yeah. you. That's why when people are like, why don't you talk about the issues? Why don't you talk directly? Why do you just talk in ideas? Because if you talk directly, that gives your opposition ammunition. Whereas if you just talk about high ideas, your, your opponent really has nothing on you. So because he said what he's going to do directly, we're going to be hearing that in a loop on Fox News forever yeah. trying to scare the Fox He's News He's coming viewer. to take your guns. Yeah, I know the NRA, everybody in the NRA, all the NRA brass collectively came in their pants when he said that because they were like, ooh, yeah. we're going to sell so many guns. The thing is, uh, for most of our lives, there was an automatic assault weapon ban. They need to better, they need to reclass weapons as far as like uh, what you can buy and what you need like a super duper like federal firearms license to get because it should be difficult to get a fully automatic AK-47 or a fully yeah. automatic AR-15. Beto was the only one that brought up muzzle speed and velocity in the thing, which I agree with. Uh, two, everyone wants to just pass one law and then walk away. Uh, I actually heard yeah. Marco Rubio on NPR making a really good point, as much as I hate little Marco. Um, <laughs> little Marco. Good. Talking about how background checks that it, by themselves, expanded background checks, uh, won't fix everything. Uh, red flag laws, which is if someone thinks that you're a fucking psycho, uh, can report you, and then the, a, a, a judge will decide whether your gun should be temporarily taken away or not. Uh, those are good, but those don't fix the whole problem. There's still the gun show loop. You can go buy a gun at a gun show, and there's no paperwork, no background check or anything, just money and a gun. Right. Um, so what we need is a series of laws, not just uh, one law, and that way we'll yeah. be able to tackle all these different things. Plus, you do because, not want to pass just one law, because if you pass just one law, then any asshole in the future can repeal that one also, law and undo everything. Yeah, you also have to take into account the balance between federal and states, because different states and different municipalities have different needs. The, P, the, the type of guns and weapons that should be allowed in New York City are going to be different from if you live out in Whistledick, Montana, you know, you're going to need access to different firearms because out there it's like really rural places. It's kind of a way of life. You need it to hunt. Like people in Alaska, they need high-powered guns or they'll get eaten by fucking bears. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although Alaska does have the highest rate of, I think, murder and suicide in the country. so Because it's it cold and shitty. Yeah, that's not so much the, and then they also have access to farms, but yeah. So New York City is going to be different than like rural Montana as far as like gun legislation. But I almost can guarantee this. There is nobody, nowhere that needs a fully automatic anything, uh, an extended magazine anything, or necessarily an AR-15 or an AK-47. Yep. You know? Uh, but yeah, so, but Beto said that and I was like, good, but also like, ah, fuck, here we go. They're coming to take our guns. Yep, but... Do uh, you, you remember when Obama took everybody's guns? I remember when uh, the right wing hammered like 24-7, oh, bummer's coming for your guns. Well, I was going to say, and oh, yeah, that's happened. right, because it didn't fucking happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the other... The, oh, there's so many things that like irritate me about it. Um, I was listening to Hannity, as I often do, because I, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. I like my ears to be abused. Uh, and you, uh, you enjoy listening to a pile of lumpy mashed potatoes. Yeah, just rant about stuff. Uh, but I do I do like it uh, to get his perspective. And I lost my train of thought, but I was listening to him yesterday. Oh, yeah. And he was going on about Barack Obama again and how, 
you know, Trump didn't start the baby cages and the family separations and all that stuff, blah, 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 which in Bush my opinion did. is, my opinion, it's a mute, it's a moot point because the point is we should not be doing it. It would be like arguing, well, we didn't do it. We're not the only ones to do a Holocaust. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Who gives, you, you can argue semantics later. What matters right now is it that should not be. happening Yeah, right. it shouldn't. Now. Yeah, Trump is the one that can end it right now. It shouldn't still be happening. Exactly. Uh, and I hate that argument where someone's like, but what about so-and-so? Let's focus it's, on this argument here. What's what's exactly happening right now? Right. So, I mean, if people want the history, uh, George W. Bush started ICE. Obama tried to abolish ICE but couldn't because Mitch McConnell blocked everything he attempted to do. Obama's immigration policies were very extreme and Joe Biden does get hammered on him at the debates constantly. That's another thing that they attack him about. I, me and Pete are on record for never liking Obama's immigration policies. All the way back in like episode one, two, three, well before the baby cages came out, we were talking shit about Obama because of that. But that's just like one thing that was going on not at his direct order and command in the background while his administration was happening. It was ICE put in place by Bush that were doing some really shitty things, including sometimes they would lock up kids in cages, but it was rare and bizarre that it would happen. Very, very rare and never for extended periods of time. Well, that's under another thing. Trump, under Trump, he made it a specific policy for people to follow to put kids in baby cages, and it started happening by the thousand well, that's that's the other thing is uh, that like we all went a little crazy after nine eleven. Um, yeah, we because you get, if you think about the history of the United States, uh, the only foreign like foreign attacks uh, on on U.S. soil were like when the British showed up in eighteen twelve and burned down the White House. Pearl Harbor and 9-11. So we we don't have the... We're, we're not like other countries where we're like, we've had to rebuild our country a couple of different times. So anytime something like that happens, you know, we go a little bit collective, collectively crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we still haven't quite uh, come back from the immigration thing, like post 9-11, like, you know, we're still in like forever war and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta come back to, it's been long enough, we gotta come back to normal, like, we gotta really just fix our immigration policy and make it a reasonable, you know, <clears throat> policy for the immigration courts. We were already having that fight, even before Trump, with um, all yeah, of the but refugees you... from Syria coming over here, and so many states trying to block them. But because Obama's a good soul, he was trying to force people to accept uh, refugees anyway. But now that we have old Trump in charge, well, he's doing everything he can to do a complete and total shutdown of Muslims Well, just like the people, the we sent boats and help to the Bahamas after the hurricane, and then people from the Bahamas were forced to get off the boats because they didn't have visas. And then he yeah. said it was it was so no no gang members or bad people could sneak in. And I go, you know what? If you're a gang member and you went to the Bahamas during the worst hurricane they've had in memory and then like survived just so you could get to the United States, good for you. I think you earned it, buddy. Yeah, I think it was Trevor Noah that was telling a joke about that, saying, oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what the cocaine dealers are doing. They get, like, a bunch of kilos of coke, and then they just hide out in the Bahamas for two or three, four, five years until a hurricane hits, and then, bam, on the first refugee boat to America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's just, it's a game he plays because it's a, one of his greatest hits, and the, 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 the super base likes it. The, you know? the, the base loves to see human beings suffer. That's it. His base no, likes to see human suffering. It's, it's not human suffering. They don't, I don't want to say they don't look at him as human, but they don't look at him as, 
part of the tribe. It's all tribal politics, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What's and it's 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 zero sum tribal politics. What's what's good for my tribe means that I have to take from another tribe. If another yeah. tribe does well, that means that I must be losing something from my tribe. Which and is once, which is also uh, Trump's mo. Like that's all, yeah. that's how What's, he sees the world. He only believes right. there can be one there, winner, one loser. He right. doesn't can, believe everyone yeah. can win. There can be no mutual winning or mutual losing. Exactly. Or compromising where everybody kind of wins but kind of loses. You know, um, it's yeah. Like I had to look up zero sum game because I hear people using it all the time. But yeah, it means that to win someone has to lose. And so that's right. a brilliant game to play to keep your tribe intact is everything you do, you tell them it's good for the tribe and that this other people, everything they want to do, it's bad for the tribe. Yep. It's very, uh, uh, what's the little, the, the uh, Lord of the Flies. It's very Lord of the Flies, you know what I mean? He has the conch shell and, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anybody that doesn't agree with him uh, must, must be bad for the tribe. Yep. So speaking of um, bad for the tribe, uh, John Bolton's out. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm glad he's gone, but I also uh, uh, just I almost I almost feel bad for him. You know, if you don't know who John Bolton was, he was the weird little mustachioed um, Civil War looking general the guy that was head of national security. He was terrible. He was a war hawk, and he wanted he wanted to go to war with Iran. So badly. Yeah, I think um, some of the people that knew him once said that he never saw a patch of dirt that he didn't want to nuke. Like, yeah, he, but... he is a serious warmonger. All he wants to do is just shed blood across uh, the Middle East. Can you imagine, though, how horrible it is to reach the pinnacle of your career, and then all you want to do is go to war with Iran, and then you get fired before you can make that happen? Poor guy. I love the confusion over his firing because, like, they were talking about him maybe resigning one day, and then the next day Trump fires him over a tweet as he fires most of his staff. Well, they do that every and, time someone's like, I'll just resign, and he goes, that's great, but guess what? You're fired. Like, he but, can't not do it. He can't not, even if somebody is great and, like, they're like, I'm just going to leave to protect you, Mr. President. He's like, I love you. Okay, great. Tweet, tweet, tweet. You're fired. Like, he can't. He's right. so addicted to that. He loves it. It makes him feel so good. Yeah. So Bolton got fired the same way James Comey did, actually, where he's just like ready to speak before a crowd. And they just sort of let him know right before he goes to do the speech. Uh, actually, sir, according to this tweet, you've uh, you've just lost your job. And so he just doesn't do the speech. He's just like, OK, back on the plane to go home. I would have still done the speech. <laughs> I would have just ripped up my notes and been like, let me tell you, motherfuckers, a thing or two. But I guess that might put his his I'm assuming he'll get a super cushy, rich lobbying job because everyone after government goes into lobbying. Maybe, but a lot of people that leave the Trump administration have not been finding work because everyone fucking hates them. Like even on the right, people hate the Trump administration. The senators that will go on TV and blow Trump left, right and center in private fucking hate his guts because they make their he makes their lives so hard. Good, they deserve so, it. They oppose him and impeach him or, or fucking suffer, you know. It, it it is really hard to get work after the Trump administration and that's another reason why a lot of people that work for him don't quit even though he's already operating on a skeleton crew. Like that's yeah. another major thing that we're not talking about enough is that our government right now is being ran on less than a skeleton crew. We we are missing so many essential personnel including we don't have any defense uh whatever John Bolton job was we oh, have yeah. no one in charge of anything right now it's just like there's a few acting directors no real directors have been sworn in and there are since day one there have been thousands of vacancies for essential positions we still need to apply 
We do. We meant to do that um, a while back, but we never did it. We got to hurry up before he's not president anymore, because I guarantee that we could just slide right on in there. They don't care about qualifications. Yeah, no, like just write a really nice note, like complimenting him, and we are we are in. We we got it. Oh just my be God. like, I, I think I think well, uh, I think the best thing about Trump is how handsome he is, and how uh, the 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 lighting does not in any way make his skin look orange, and got, uh, also he has jobs, a beautiful head of hair like a lion. And then bam, I'm the new defense secretary. If we got those jobs, do you think that we would still do our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we didn't want that job anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't think that like no one there does due diligence. No one would know that we're doing this podcast. We could be doing it in the fucking Oval well, Office. Trump doesn't know. He's at his golf course. Well, the internet is really weird. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to bring up this. The internet will find anything you've ever done. Yeah, but I mean, like, Vladimir Putin will know that we're doing the other uh, podcast, because I'm sure he's bugged the shit out of the White House, but, like, Trump wouldn't know. Oh, man, I would love to meet Putin and be like, Pooty, baby, what's up? <laughs> how's, uh, how's, uh, fucking, uh, how's your, how's your Stalin mustache coming in, you fucking old dictator, you? <laughs> so, wow. speaking of the internet, we'll find it and find everything you do. Have you heard the story about Shane Gillis, the newest hire on Saturday Night Live? Oh, no. What happened to him? Well, they hired, I think, a new a new group of people. And this guy, Shane Gillis, has been uh, all over the nose. It hired, uh, news. It hired three new cast members, Bowen Yang, Chloe Fineman, and Shane Gillis. Bowen Yang is the first uh, person, they said, of East Asian descent they've ever hired on the show, which good for them. But then they hired Shane Gillis, who they dug up some old podcasts of him using, uh, using like, uh, ethnic slurs on a podcast, like... Uh, Talking to him and a friend talking about um, Chinatown, they use the term chink. Uh, they do, like, really, uh, as they said, really racist, uh, 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 what do you call it, impressions of Chinese people, all this stuff, um, on their podcast. And so, uh, every yeah. ounce of my being wants to, like, chime in with, like, a um, an Asian stereotype. Whereas I say something like, oh, that's no good, you shouldn't talk like that. But I, so, I will resist because that might cost me a job at SNL one day. So, I, I don't know, this is one of those things, you know, we talked previously about a guy who was like, everyone jumped in bandwagon, he was falsely accused, but then you have this guy who has a shitty podcast, and everyone's like, oh, look at the stuff he said about casual racism, and uh, okay. yeah, so I, I guess they want him to, st I don't know what they want, do they want him to step down? I'm not sure. I think they just want to shame him. Probably they want him to step down because that's the whole deal with cancel culture. Unless yeah. you are a perfect human being who has never done anything wrong in your life, the uh, the internet has judged you as um, guilty, and so saith the conk, you must be exiled. Um, I didn't think you should have gotten the thing on SNL because I watched a bit of his podcast, and it was really awful. It made me, <laughs> it made me worry about our podcast because it was just a bunch of just dudes out-clevering themselves, you know, like, oh, man, uh... So what do you think about this, Sean? Ah, uh, you know, Chinese people, blah, 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 blah. Like, uh... Oh, no, we are definitely just a couple white guys out-clevering one another. I guess, man. It just made me hate myself. But, uh... <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I guess my argument is, you know, SNL, you couldn't have found anybody funnier. Uh -huh. Or maybe somebody that didn't. I don't know. I listen to the pod... And it seemed like standard stock podcast shit, you know? Um, I probably... Uh, would not have used the rate. I don't think we've used racial slurs in our podcast, have we? I'm sure we have at some point, but not meaning to. God, I hope no one goes back. We got to delete those real quick. To um, the best of my knowledge, I think that um, we use some like 
Irish slang in one uh, episode, but we've never oh, done anything besides the, that. Fuck the Irish, man. Yeah, look, if the Irish League comes after me, I don't care. Bring it. Do you know what I mean? Come on. Come on, Irish guys. Like, fuck you. Uh, um, and for and for the record, if anyone's wondering, I am like 103% Irish <laughs> with a 3% margin for error. So. And just so you know, I could say that because I have an Irish friend, okay? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think we've, I don't think we've gone after, and, and like his statement, he didn't really apologize. His statement is like, I'm sorry if I hurt anybody, but I'm, I'm a comedian who tries to push the edge and blah, blah, blah. Just like, he just seems like, I don't, I mean, I don't know the man, but he just seems like a douchebag. Like, I don't think I don't a, chi- a, chi- a Chinese impersonation is, um, the, the edge of where you can push the that's, envelope. That, yeah. That's like, another that's... thing too. It's like, Ooh, this is the edge. Get close, but don't fall off. Like. Yeah, doing doing shitty impressions of Chinese people, which I think we have done, as I hold my head down in shame, is I not the edge. I don't think we ever have. Have we? Are you sure? Are you positive we haven't done we any do, kind of? We we do Wesley impressions, right? Like right. we're always like, oh ha, oh okay, ha ho. Oh. What do you but think? But that's like that's not a. I don't think Wesley is like a race, is he? Are I there more than his, one? He's his own race, you know. But do you think the Wesley Coalition is going to come after us? If only if Wesley is like an alien species and he is like the representative sent to Earth and That's he's going to go back and talk about how offensive everyone is. I <laughs> talked about our pizza bread and I said that it wasn't delicious. Oh. It's offensive to Wesley's. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know, man, because the thing is, like, I don't know what you want him to do. You want him to apologize and quit comedy forever? Like, you want him to kill himself? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess SNL should probably, I don't know, cast funnier people, but... I don't know, man. Also, there's a thing at like if you live in this age and you are a um, you are any kind of comedian, there's going to be a ton of shit in your background to where you're trying stuff out that may not work. Although his stuff, in in truth, was just like, oh, it's dumb. They're just doing dumb, fucking lame, racist impressions. Yep. But I don't know, like. But then again, like it's also then like. But then what do you want out of him? You know, that's what I. Because the internet will find everything. I guess somebody was like, ooh, the new SNL cast. I will listen to all of their podcasts. Oof. And that might have been what someone did. Like, I don't know. Like, if you really want to have someone that you dislike kill themselves, maybe our policy could be whenever we're president that uh, we make them move to Alaska to just sort of roll the bones to see if they kill themselves because Alaska's a really shitty place that compels you to do so. I think the president needs some kind of physical trials to really break somebody down mentally to see if they're ready to be president. Uh, And I know what you're thinking. It's like, oh, no, we're talking bad about Alaskans. Maybe they won't vote for us. No one cares about Alaska. (laughs) Every single election ever is called before they get to Alaska, besides, like, Bush v. Gore. But that's only because of Florida fucking up. That's not, like, they're waiting for Alaska to cast the deciding vote. So, you know, fuck Alaska. That's like like no one cares about the country's uh, indigenous peoples uh, until it's time to put an oil pipeline straight through their land. Oh, then, then we love Alaska. That's the weirdest thing is like you got the whole country, you've pushed the Native Americans into these tiny strips of land and then you're like, where should I put this oil pipeline? What about through that narrow strip there? What about that? Maybe right through that pond that's labeled drinking water for the last indigenous people. Can we just run it through there? (laughs) Uh, I forgot about that pipeline. Didn't we talk about that once upon a time? The one that was going straight across America? Yeah, probably. But but also you can't. Go ahead. You just, you can't, you can't, we're in 2019. We don't have anything better than fucking pipelines. Yeah, no. Come like, on. We, we, can't, we can't teleport that shit yet. 
But anyway, for for the record, though, I don't have anything against Alaskans. Uh, I'm just telling jokes here. Please don't fire me from SNL. This is me talking to people in the year 2025 when I am uh, on SNL and you're digging up my old podcast. And that's what's they're great all about like, it. Aha! <laughs> Everyone does these podcasts when they're young and like in their career of comedy and they've got nothing to lose. And then yeah. years later, when like we're senators, we're like, oh god damn it! <laughs> oh fuck! Like, well, well, shit. <laughs> how do you delete something off the internet? If something's viral, how do you make it go away? But I guess the argument is there's a ton of people that desperately want and are really good that would be a great addition to SNL. Why are we why are we hiring a mediocre white man comedian that's got a bunch of like fucking questionable racist stuff in his podcasts? I guess that's yeah. my argument. Cuz Leslie Jones is leaving and she's a goddamn national treasure. And they I are. would think that you'd be like, hmm, should we get another really super duper wonderfully talented black woman? Or should we go with this mediocre fucking tapioca smirky white guy? They went with the white guy, didn't they? Yeah, I'm not even judging him based on uh, uh, his who he is. I just, or, or even the racist shit he did. I just, like, I'm looking at him and I'm listening to his stuff and I'm like, yeah, he's really not that funny and he's kind of annoying. Uh, speaking of not funny, annoying, and racist, uh, did you hear about uh, what Donald Trump did recently? Um, the, what, are we going to go into Mike Pounce? <laughs> we already covered that. I was just going to talk about the vaping ban. Oh well, I told you. We, I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. I called it. So uh, vaping has just as like people have started dying from it, as I knew they would. Yeah. Because uh, now you're not you're not smoking a combustible cigarette. You're sucking on a metal and plastic thing that, that's got God knows what chemicals it's, in it and the oils. It's even less natural than cigarettes were. So yeah. like like Peter said at one point, I don't remember if he said it on the podcast, but as soon as he heard the term popcorn lung, he um, decided that he wouldn't be a vapor. Well, when years ago we tried to quit smoking and we tried e-cigarettes in the early yeah. days of e-cigarettes, and I remember uh, we all did it for a little bit, and then we went, "No, this is bad because you can sit here and suck on this thing all day and get the amount of like twenty packs of cigarettes worth of nicotine." This seems like a bad idea, and then we all yeah. stopped fucking with e-cigarettes like ten years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, like um. One of the main reasons I didn't like it is because you can't feel the vapor going down your throat like you can, like you can feel smoke going down whenever you inhale a cigarette, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's good, and you feel it, and but with vaping, there's like no punch to it, so I'm just like, ah, never mind. Yeah. But yeah, but again, yeah, we stopped fucking with those forever ago. And yeah, now everybody's getting weird lung ailments, and so then immediately, you know, Trump was going to ban all flavored vapes. And I was like, he won't. He, and of yeah, course, no. like literally two days later, he's backing off on that. Because he always does that. He's, he says, anytime something happens, he's like, I will do the thing. And then he doesn't. Right. Well, here's the thing. Trump lies 96% of the time. So if he says he's going to do something, odds are in your favor he's not going to do it. Well, remember, he does everything for video clips and it works for him. Just like on an yeah. episode of uh, The Apprentice. You know, he could just be like, we're going to ban our flavored vapes, and then, like, end of the episode. Because no one's going to follow up and see if he really does it. Right. No, it's just, it's a sound bite, and he keeps going. Because most people don't follow the news like we do, or well, like that's a very few the, people well, do. Well, that's what the difference with the presidency. Everyone else does. It's not The Apprentice. No one's going to Google, you know, no one Googles The Apprentice going, did he actually do the thing he said he was going to do in episode six? 
But most um, people still won't do that. Like, there will be a dedicated few people that follow politics and they know what they're talking about, but not enough of them vote. We have to worry about what, you know, Whistledick Montana voters are going to do well, these don't, days. Well, don't, don't count the people out in Whistledick Montana. I got a soft spot for them. Not, not the hardcore Trumpers, but I feel like a lot of people in rural areas have been lumped in with them. And this is another reason. This is, oh, man, you just you pulled a thread here, and we're about to unravel the whole sweater. You know how everybody wants to get rid of the Electoral College? Yes. Um, I don't. Including I me. Wanna, I want to fix it. I don't want to get rid of it. Because you can't govern a country. Right now, it, it, is the, it is a tyranny of a minority over the majority, right? Yes. And that's bad. But a tyranny of the majority over the minority is equally bad. You don't want the entire country to only be run where, uh, you know, most people live on the coast by the east and the west coast and then everybody else be forgotten about. That's why we have a bicameral, um, what do you call it, legislation system so that all the states with the huge populations don't just get all the senators and then Whistledick Montana has absolutely no say. Well, they can move if they don't like it. Yeah, you say that, but like it's... <laughs> I know, I know, it's much it, harder to it, do. But it also, this... Unless you have money, you can't move to New York. Now, once you're established in New York and you're getting, like, a New York paycheck, then you can live there. But the initial move is miserable. Mm, Plus, not everyone likes... If you get a New York paycheck, I mean, you can eat slightly better garbage. I mean, like, I've got a New York paycheck, and uh, I rent a a room in an apartment with three other men. So, uh, (laughs) clearly, it's not that easy. But my point is... I think that the concerns and the needs of like all Americans matter. We just need to fix the electoral college so that it's a little bit more balanced. I don't think getting rid of it is the key. Um, I think that's a bad idea. I think the way it is now is also bad, but I think we need to come up with a reasonable solution to fix it instead of just trash it. I think that uh, the problem is Republicans getting elected, and we need that, to stop that from happening. That's, that's, that is, and they only get problem. elected because of uh, gerrymandering yeah, and manipulating the Electoral yeah. College and Russia interfering with the election, yeah. which they did, and it was no, 100%. That I just it. think you create a different but maybe similar set of problems by getting rid of it. Like I brought it with gun control, right? So if you live in like rural Alaska, you need access to high-end firearms just to live. If you live in New York City, you don't. But if New York City laws are applied everywhere, that's not good for the people that live in Whistledick, Montana. But, I mean, at the same time, everything in Australia can kill you. And how many firearms do they have access to? And how often do people get killed by uh, rabid dingoes because they don't have guns to shoot at them with? Possibly, but they also don't have grizzly bears in Montana. It's the grizzly bears I'm thinking of. Uh, You know what I mean? How Uh, many grizzly bear attacks are there versus uh, gun homicides? In what? Whistle Dick, Montana? In anywhere that, that okay, would be Okay, fine. If you want to play the numbers, yes. I'm sure that there are a lot more gun homicides than grizzly bear attacks. <laughs> fine. Use numbers and logic. I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm trying you're, to... You're, the... you're, tra- you're trying to defend the little man, and I just I can't because I think they're wrong. I just want to be your representative to you, people of Whistle Dick, Montana. Elect me your next senator. <laughs> That's what this whole podcast has been about. I just elect Pete from Pete and Pat. Fucking from those 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 muckrakers. I just want to be your representative, Whistle Dick. Yep. Uh, wouldn't that be great, though, if like I did get enough traction to become like a senator or like a congressman from just like a tiny district in like Montana or Alaska? We call him Whistling Pete. <laughs> that would be fun. Call me my fucking... The name is Senator Whistle Dick Pete. I want to be known as Senator Whistle Dick Pete. 
Um, but yeah, so I don't know, man. We went off on the rails on that one. But yeah, uh, you want to get to a dear Amy? We'll probably have time for. I'm sorry, dear Wesley. We'll probably have time for one. Yeah. Oh my God. So uh, the only other thing we're going to talk about is that Trump did commit a felony whenever he drew on that map and then aired it on TV. So that's another thing he should be in prison for. But whatever. Uh, he's above the law, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. The, hur- the hurricane thing. The one uh, thing that's insane uh, about that. A bunch. Of, a bunch of investigations are being opened up. By the way, that's a real genuine scandal now. Like people are going to be doing jail time over that. Well, but on the on the philosophical not, side. Not not Trump, it. but people. On the philosophical side of it, this is what's scary, is that a man can go to the National Weather Service or whatever during hurricane preparation, and because of a gaffe he made, uh, force uh, uh, um, them to like agree with him or to change their weather prediction because he made a gaffe and he doesn't want to be wrong. When a man is able to have you look out your window and it's raining and then force you to say, no, it's sunny out, that's when you have complete... Kim Jong-un, like, dictatorial mind control over people when you can argue the scientist about what the fucking weather is doing, and that is terrifying. Uh, It's what I've always gone back to, which is when I was in elementary school and we were having a lesson on what the difference between facts and opinion were, the example the teacher gave us was, you know, it's a if you look out the window, it either is or it is not raining. That is a fact. Whether it raining or whether it whether the rain is good or bad that's opinion trump since day one at his inauguration told everyone that it stopped raining when he started talking it did not we have footage of it so i was saying since day one of his presidency he has been lying about the fucking weather he has been turning weather into opinion not that's a crazy yeah that's a crazy dictator thing to do yeah, so he is a monster. Like, I can't... And he just committed another felony, but whatever. It doesn't matter because this is the mad, mad world we're in right now, and we have seven minutes for a Dear Wesley. So, Dear Wesley, now, do you want to hear about the grandfather or the hot for teacher? Hot for teacher? Hot for teacher. All right. You got it. This Dear Wesley comes from uh, Dear Abby, and it says, Dear Wesley, backup boyfriend can't say no to teacher he's in love with. Backup boyfriend. So this is not primary boyfriend. No, this is backup boyfriend. Dear Wesley, I'm a 39-year-old gay male who was in a relationship with a very attractive 44-year-old teacher. He never wanted to commit to a monogamous relationship. After 10 months of seeing each other, he informed me that he's about to enter into a relationship with a 22-year-old. He said it was nothing I did. He's just attracted to younger guys when it comes to relationships. He also informed me that he will always be in my life and he will never let me go. He said we could see each other secretly, but no more dates or public outings. I can see him only occasionally now whenever the new boyfriend is working or out of town. I'm afraid not to go over when he calls because I'm in love with him. I'm afraid if I don't abide by the terms of the relationship he has set, he will disappear out of my life. It hurts me to see him in a new relationship while I beg and wait for time with him. What do I do in this situation? Now, I know what the right answer is, and I also know what I would do. And those are two very different things. The ri- uh, let's let, yeah, let's go with the right thing. Let's see if we can figure out the right thing. The right thing would be to break it off because he's clearly not that into you. Well, this person is clearly a side piece and uh, uh, is in the. If you're the side piece and you're in love with the guy who has a main piece, you won't find any piece. Right. Uh, That's gonna drive you fucking crazy. Every single day is gonna be torture for you. Don't yep. don't fall for that. And he knows it. He's using you. Yeah. 
what I would do is just be the fucking side piece. If I was that into someone, I'd be like, nope, <laughs> fuck it. You know what? My life isn't that valuable. I don't mind being abused. I'm going for it. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, my advice is to um, find and uh, start a relationship with his dad. <laughs> uh, uh, I if, mean... If uh, if you go back to our very first Dear Wesley, where someone was like, I met my fiance, and it turns out me and her dad fucked. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I think you should you that should make That was an early it... one, but th- was that our first one? Uh, I think that was our very first one, because I just read that, and I was like, oh my god, what a juicy, juicy story. That is, that is like, Pete and I were talking off the air, and that is still our favorite uh, Dear Wesley of all time, is the one where the guy was like, I'm about to marry this lady, but uh, then I met her dad, and oh, we've met before, and boned down. Well, should, yep. should I tell her, or should that be a dark family secret? And we're both like, dark family secret, don't say oh, anything. Oh, no, I was, I was like, I think you got to talk to her about it. you got to gauge what kind of person she is, but... Oh, that, that, that was Pete's advice. My advice is, nope, dark family secret. Never tell anyone. Take that to your grave. Because Pat's super Irish. Pat's like, you want to bury it? Want to bury it deep with some lime? Make sure no one finds it. Ah, take it right out to the woods. Way right out to the woods. Way out to the woods and cover it in salt, Peter. <laughs> you got to... And when you come back, you got to erase your footprints. Don't let anyone know what what happened to it. Kind of what Scottish there. But yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, I... I Relationships like this are hard because sometimes you get into relationships where someone treats you very, very badly and you, for some reason, uh, have normalized the abuse and you think that you love this person, but really they're like cigarettes. You don't love them. It's an addiction because you can't really love somebody who doesn't love you back. I really believe that. I don't think that's true love. I think that's obsession. I was actually going to get into that earlier because I said I wish that there was a chemical addiction for um, exercise, and then we brought up endorphins. I was going to say, but you know, you can still have a psychological addiction to anything. Yes. And uh, once that happens, it rewires your brain just as much as any chemical addiction would. Like, yep. I mean, take take gambling for instance, and that's one of the worst things about a gambling addiction, or God forbid, like a sex addiction, because you can't even convince someone that you have a problem if you're like, I have a sex addiction, I keep having sex every single day, and they're like, oh, awesome, and you're like, no, it's ruining my life. Yeah, that's, like people are real so shitty hard. about that. It's like so the, hard to express to people that, no, this is a real problem. and But they're like, no, no, you just have to learn to control yourself. And it's like, I fucking can't. It's an addiction. It's like the people that have um, that whatever those brain or spine injuries where they constantly have, like, orgasms or erections or whatever. And everyone's like, man, I wish I had, like, constant erections. <laughs> 90s comedy, am I right? Um, that sounds like hell if you're just, like, walking down the street doing whatever and you just, you know, finish in your pants. And you're like, oh, okay, all right. I need to sit down a second. Yeah, there there are like people that because of whatever neurological thing they they just they're constantly having orgasms all day every day, and I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, you know how most people don't like being tickled because it's like it makes you laugh against your will. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that, but in your pants all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how would you even stay employed? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um what jobs that would be okay at probably would, a self-employment job where you could just stay at home it would it would yeah you could it's like it would almost be like one of those chronic pain jobs where like or chronic pain things where like your body just inexplicably is just like constantly in wave after wave of pain imagine yeah. it like that but in the opposite direction i wouldn't wish that on my worst fucking enemy now, you might have noticed at this point that uh, one thing we haven't done is give any sort of advice on how to break addictions, even though Pete and I have both had experience with breaking away from our own addictions. And um, 
that's mostly because we don't know. Like we just we try shit until something works. We throw everything against the wall. Yeah, yeah. There is there is no magic bullet. All I can um, say is yeah, the magic bullet is to keep trying and keep trying different things and trying new things and finding something that clicks. Yeah, I have I have two bits of advice. One is use determination. Uh, just keep at it. And two is when you try and fail, don't spend too much time beating yourself up over yeah. it. Just try to figure out why you failed. Observe your actions. Figure out what led to that failure, and just take note of it for the next time you try. Keep and don't a... even don't even try again that fast. Give it like a week or two, then try again. Give yourself time to recover before doing it again. Keep pulling levers, man. It's, uh, you know, the only thing that's helped me get through this exercise is I added something on the scale far heavier than my, like, man, I want to do it. So, I don't know, find that motivating piece. Was it was it Archimedes or was it someone else that said, uh, if you give me the right lever, I can move the world? Ooh, good question. I, I don't know. Whatever famous philosopher that was. But, yeah, basically meaning leverage. Find where you can put that lever and move it and what will motivate you to go do whatever it is you want to do. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 We're, we're at the 60-minute mark, so I'm just, like, mentally checking out already. <laughs> well, uh, that's our episode for today. Uh, Pat, hit him with the socials and uh, tell him to buy our book. Uh, right, right, right. So anyone out there listening that enjoyed that Dear Amy and are thinking to themselves right now, I sure wish that they could give me advice on how to live my life. Well, you're in luck because if you write to us at thosemuckrakers at gmail.com and give us your own story, we will give you relationship advice, life advice, addiction advice, whatever you need. It's going to be terrible advice and you should not follow it. And also, if you'd like to tweet at us, you can do so at those muckrakers on Twitter. Additionally, if you would like to see what kind of madness our brains can come up with whenever we have time to sit down and like plot out a, uh, a spooky supernatural story, you can do so by looking up, uh, what's it called again, Pete? Give me back my life, the story of a man, Jerry, who has the perfect life, but he just wants out. Except one day, Jerry comes home to find himself already there, living his life married to his wife, raising his child. Jerry is going to get out of his life, but also Jerry wants back in. Exactly. If that sounds interesting to you, look it up. It's the first Dusk Belt book. So Dusk Belt book one, Give Me Back My Life. Dusk Belt book two will be out in October, so look forward to that. But in the meantime, if you would like to support us at all financially, go and buy our book. Physical copies are now available, and if you buy the physical copy, you can get the electronic copy for a quarter. (laughs) 